You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We are back. And, you know, the weather's getting great. The temperatures are rising, and it's just looking beautiful outside for most of the country. Some of you actually are still facing snow in April. It's hard to believe that. It's kind of crazy. But good weather is right around the corner. And what better way to celebrate the nice change of seasons but a road trip? And you know what goes great with road trips? Music. Everyone has their road trip music and, you know, everyone has their playlists, everyone has their sets, you know, it's pretty cool. But then again, some people listen to books, some people listen to audio plays. Hey, some people listen to podcasts of all things. It's pretty cool. But we will definitely have some amazing things that we might have suggestion wise for you. And we got a great crew to talk about it. But this is Captain Road Trip himself coming on now. My co-host, of course, for tonight, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. You ready for to take a ride, my friend? I was born to be wild. Oh, yeah. You have the wind blowing through your hair. And, you know, it's just ready to... No, no, you know, no. I'm, I'm, more of the, uh, I'm more of the guy with the dorky helmet sitting on the back of the bike rather than the actual driver of the motorcycle. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. You're the one with the Captain America helmet on. Got That's it. me. That's uh, me. Although okay. it's more of mine's more of like a Spider-Man helmet, I think. Okay. I would almost expect that. That's kind of cool. But, you know, it's pretty cool, too, to hear all about, you know, what kind of music we, we listen to and, you know, trying to, you know, cruise down the highway. It's kind of fun stuff. And we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us feedback at earthstation1.com. Let us know what you guys think. There's some amazing songs out there that go hand in hand with road trips. And we want to hear what yours are. We definitely would love to hear from you. And speaking of hearing from you, of course, tell your friends, tell your neighbors about Earth Station One. We are everywhere. You can find us. And you know what? We just found out we're up on Blueberry. That's right. You can listen to us through the Blueberry player. And, you know, Earth Station One has, you know, listeners everywhere. But, you know, we try to expand our reach, expand our feel and everything. And, folks, if you know of a place that Earth Station One isn't up at yet, please let us know. We definitely would love to hear about it because this is all about Y-O-U. You. That's right, folks. It's all about you. And speaking of you, you know what? We've got a great, great show. So we're going to be talking to you guys. we got a rants and raves for tonight. And then we got our usual music folks joining us later. So we got a big show for you guys tonight. As a way of saying thank you, though, we also wanted to give a huge shout-out to our fine folks over at Tifosi Optics. That's right. Tifosi Optical is your place for sunglasses. What better thing to go with road trip music, though, right, Mike, is a pair of cool shades. Oh, absolutely. They are necessary for, you know, for road trips. Exactly. You have to, you know, look cool while you're listening to your cool music. You know, yes, you know, half the time I'm listening to Weird Al, but that's still cool in its own way, you know. But, you know, he's part of my 
road trip music, but, you know, it's kind of cool. You never know what's going to pop up on our list. But Tifosi Optics has great sunglasses, and they have them in all different styles, different colors, different shapes. It's pretty cool, and you, too, can get custom make your own pair of sunglasses. And uh, friends at Tifosi Optics will definitely give you a great pair of glasses. And you know what? All you have to do is put in the coupon code or station one as a way of saying thank you. We give you 10% off your whole order. Not just one pair of glasses, but your whole order. That's tofosioptics.com. Check them out, folks. And guess what, folks? It's time for Rants and Raves, where we talk about what's on our mind. And you know what? I've been thinking about it. You know, usually at this time of the year in the old days, this would be when the seasons would be wrapping up and, you know, the, we'd have the either the grand finales or the cliffhangers with the end of the seasons of shows and everything. And, you know, I thought it'd be kind of fun if Mike and I actually could talk about some of our favorite memories of season finales for TV shows that, you know, you had growing up. You know, you know growing up, you know, some, Lost had a lot of great endings or... You know, there was other TV shows where you had to wait. You know, it wasn't just like you had to wait for just a couple weeks. You had to wait till the fall for the seasons to come back. Like one of the most one I think I remember from when I was in college was Star Trek The Next Generation when uh, Picard got uh, taken over by the Borg and became the cutest. And it's just one of the best cliffhanger endings ever. And it was just pretty awesome. You know, Mikey, what about you? Did you have any, like, cliffhanger endings that you really were ever, like, oh, my God, I can't wait for the next season to start? Well, the obviously, the Star Trek one was a, is a big one because mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, that was one where, and, you know, we didn't have the Internet and all that back then, so we didn't know anything. We didn't, there was all the rumors that, you know, is this person actually going to come back? Is this, is this person going to leave the show? Is this what's going to happen, you know? And, and, and so that was, uh, yeah, that one was a big one. Um, and, uh, I, there was a, a story that Patrick story, Patrick Stewart used to tell about that too, where, uh, during that, uh, I think it was after that, um, during the fall, like after the premiere or something, uh, he was driving along and he stopped at a light and a car pulled up next to him and they recognized him and he was like, Oh no. And then they were like, they just pointed to him and they shouted, you ruined our summer. Oh, that's awesome. And they drove off uh, just because, uh, the, you know, all all Star Trek Next Generation people were like freaking out like that. You know, what was going to happen? And uh, yeah, I think that goes down in history, in my personal history, as one of my favorite uh, season finales. Uh, I love a good cliffhanger. Um, and, uh, you know, we've certainly had a few... Um, a lot of shows kind of wrap up for a season before they, they don't usually leave you hanging now um, because uh, you know, they may not come back. <laughs> so they want to wrap things up. Um, it, you know, they can leave a few more things open if they know that they're going to get another season. Uh, but there are a lot of shows that just sort of, you know, like end their season with a cliffhanger and then they never come back and you never get that resolved. And, and I think over time they had that hasn't worked for releasing them on streaming, releasing them on these series on DVD or Blu-ray or for home video, or whatever, because because you can't sell a show that just ends suddenly. A lot of times it feels like more and more like 
more modern shows, they have a overlying storyline from the season and they wrap it up for the final. They don't a lot of them don't have like the cliffhangers like they used to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the most famous ones of all time was uh for uh Dynasty. Uh because there was a I don't know what season it was. I'd have to look it up, but there was a particular season and this was like really when Dynasty was like the show. Um and Dynasty in Dallas like ruled the uh, airwaves. Uh, back then, um, that's when for those young people, that's when like shows we got them through antennas, not cable. Um, <laughs> we had them through signals, <laughs> but yes, and we and we had cars that you had to run with your feet with too. <laughs> so, but um, so they had this big finale because they weren't sure they knew they were coming back, but as the show got bigger and bigger, the egos of a lot of the cast members got bigger and bigger as well. And so did their uh, requirements for salary, their salary requirements. So they weren't sure who they were going to be able to afford, who was going to be back or who was, you know. And so, and a lot, if they left their, if they left their characters open, then, you know, they had to come back and the producers felt like they were handcuffed into uh, paying some of these outrageous salaries. So what they did was, they hired or they wrote a story at the end of the season that these terrorists would, there was this big party with the whole cast and some guest stars, these terrorists invaded and just uh, fired upon everybody. And so everybody went down and then that was the, that was the season finale. And you had to wait till the next season to find out who was alive and who wasn't. Uh, And basically it was whoever they could negotiate it with the salary for was going to return and those people who you know that want to ask too much they would be buried so i thought that was um that that was always pretty funny and i do remember it was a big deal i do remember watching that finale just because i'd heard about it and i thought it was really fun a really fun idea i had heard about that and i think half the cast didn't come back and they introduced all new people and stuff they did introduce a lot of people yeah because they had a lot of people over the over the barrel Exactly, but also if you remember, one of the other big ones was, of course, "Who Shot Jr." was the season finale for yep. Dallas, and you know that was like one of the most watched um, season finales ever, and it was you know Jr. Ewing, the big bad on Dallas, you know was you know in his office and at night, and you know he heard someone walking, you know, oh, it's you. And then you see just you see the the gun and somebody shoots him, and you know that's how the the episode ended. And it was like, oh, who shot Jr.? And you couldn't find out till the fall. And yep. it was like, and the Simpsons tried copying that one year. Who shot Mr. Burns? And you know stuff like that. And it's one of the most iconic things. And then they basically re- rewrote history by having the uh, Patrick Duffy in the shower scene. And yeah, that was after that. Yeah, yes, because that uh, was like two seasons later. Yeah, they were trying to figure out how they could. Well, they killed off his character. Right, his uh, character, and they they wanted him to come back, or he went. They they negotiated a deal with him to come back because the ratings are lower or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think the season opened with him in the in the shower, and it had, that whole previous season had all been a dream. Mm-hmm. It had all uh, been Pam's dream. It was, <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, yeah. 
but Dallas, like I said, Dallas and Dynasty were head to head, and they were doing like crazy things. They were they had uh, they were responsible for a lot of water cooler talk uh, back in the day um, because they were just they were just these outrageous soap operas that were like they were soap operas that you see during the daytime, but they were like dialed up to like twenty four, right? Like because they were dialed up really high so that um, outrageous things were happening, uh, you know. Uh, there were cat fights on and off the screen. Uh, egos were clashing on and off the screen. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. I don't know if anybody's written a definitive story of uh, those two shows uh, separately or together, but um, that would be a fascinating read because there was so much craziness going on then. Uh, you know, TV's crazy now, but I don't I don't know if there was anything like what we saw then. Nope, exactly. And it's it's pretty cool to see, you know, who is, you know, trying to, you know, do their season finales and everything. And it's weird because there is no such thing as a traditional season anymore, like you were saying earlier. You know, some shows only last, you know, now like on streaming from six to 13 episodes at the most. These were in the days when there were 26 episodes per season or more. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was just interesting to see, you know, how they how they did it and everything, you know. And a lot of different TV shows tried, you know, going for the big gustos to try to grab viewers, of course. And there were some shows that, you know, had big cliffhangers and didn't come back either, which is like even more squeamish, you know, and, you know, you, you just like yelled at the TV. Oh my God, I can't wait to the fall. And then you find the show's been canceled. How disappointing is that? Do, 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 do. Exactly. And so it's just, it's interesting to see that. And I wish, you know, TV kind of captured that still. And I don't feel like it does as much, you know, so it'll be, it's very interesting to see because, I would, you know, you always know, like, the big hero is going to come back or, you know, something like that. But unless even like. Unless he's played by Sean Bean. Well, touche. Touche. Sean Bean never comes back, you know. But that was, you know, God, Game of Thrones with that. It was just like, oh. Because, you know, it's always been Game of Thrones, you know, was always real interesting because they killed him. They didn't even kill him off in the final episode of that of the first season they did it in the episode before and yeah the uh with game of thrones the they sort of the the episode before the finale was always the one that where big stuff happened mm-hmm. exactly like the red wedding i think was the episode before the end of the season oh <laughs> <laughs> still thinking about that you know every time i go to a wedding now i i, I check the doors and i look to see what's around <laughs> Are the bride and groom on good terms? God, I hope so. <laughs> well, if they're not, that's not where you really want to go to anyway. Oh, I've been to those. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, and it's it's just interesting to see. You know, I'm trying we trying to think of other big finals. You know, that were just like, wow. But I like I know with the Star Trek one, there had been rumors that Patrick Stewart wasn't all that happy being on a science fiction show, and that he was, you know, talking about possibly leaving and it would have been a great way 
to have that series and, you know, have Riker become the lead. Do you think Star Trek would have succeeded that way, though? It would have been a difficult hurdle, for sure. I mean, Star Trek is, is I think, bigger than one person, one cast member. But even at that time, um, it would have, you know, it could have gone on. But I, you know, I don't know how long it would have lasted. I mean, I mean, that, yeah. Patrick Stewart is special. We know, though, that, I mean, he's the only character that's got his own series. That is true. Out of out of all the other Star Trek characters that's ever been done, um, he's the only Star Trek character to have a, his own series named after. Nope, exactly. It's pretty so, awesome. So that's how special Patrick Stewart is. Yes, and he makes it so. So it's pretty cool. I would love to see more, you know, cliffhangers in the future. And, you know, that's what, what I used to love about, you know, old series Doctor Who because each episode ended in a cliffhanger when they used to do the 30-minute um, storylines and they used to do like four parts like we review over on Earth Station Who and they had the cliffhanger endings because it was like, oh, I got to watch the next episode and, you know, being able to do that. Nowadays, we're all spoiled because we can watch those all the way through or back to back to back and we don't have to wait. But in the old days, you know, even growing up uh, where I grew up in Washington, D.C., Doctor Who was shown for the half hour segments per night. So we had to wait to the next day at least. And God forbid it was like a six parter and we had to wait till Monday of the next week to find it, you know. So it was always interesting to see. Yeah, the um, you know, it's been uh, you know, I mean, there's you know, there's been tons of others. Uh, you know, Lost had one every season, um, and uh, other shows did as well. I think the only one else that comes to mind for me is uh, Walking Dead, um, because uh, I think it was season uh, I can't remember what season it was season six, five, six, something like that. But that's the one that introduced Negan, and uh, you know. He beat someone to death at the end of uh, the season, but we didn't see who it was until the beginning of the next season. And that was a big mystery. Like, who did he beat up? And, uh, you know, us uh, fans who read the comic were pretty sure we knew who it was. But the show was pretty good about changing things up. So even we weren't sure. So um, and uh, that was a pretty big deal as well. Oh, exactly. And. Yeah, Walking Dead always was, for the first couple seasons, they played loose, but they kept kind of to the comic story and everything. And, but, you know, it was always interesting to see how quick, you know, which characters were going to survive and everything. Because especially like with the whole thing with the introduction of Negan, um, you knew from the comics that it was Glenn who was the victim of Lucille in issue 100 and they threw a little twist into that kind of sort of, but not as much as we thought. So it was very interesting to see. And, you know, there's, you know, some others that we just loved over the years. And I wish, you know, we had a list of the best cliffhangers of all time. And I'm sure there's a list somewhere that we might have to go over and, you know, it's always a good topic to talk about and it's always fun to do, but you know, that's the thing that keeps you coming back and everything. So it was pretty interesting. So 
I definitely would love talking about, you know, some of the more interesting cliffhangers. And we definitely would love to hear you guys at home what your favorite cliffhangers were. Please write us feedback at earthstation1.com. You know, we definitely would love to hear from you. Definitely let us know what you guys thought about the cliffhangers. And I'm sure probably during the rest of this episode, I'll be going, oh, that one and that one and that one. But, you know, that might have to be a whole episode on itself. Might go into one of our Patreon episodes. What do you think, Mikey? It's possible. I mean, there's lots. I mean, certainly it's another fun topic. Exactly. We might have to leave you on a cliffhanger to figure that one out. Let's take a quick break, and we are going to be back with Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. I'm going to try my best to get through this recording without sneezing. That's right, I've got a special souvenir from my comic conning experience this past weekend, and um, I'm recovering from con cred today, so... I will be a little bit before I get to go back to the movies, but there are some movies that I really, really want to see, and I'm excited to check out. One of these is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, a comedy starring Nicolas Cage playing a fictionalized version of himself in just an over-the-top adventure that also stars one of my favorites, Pedro Pascal. I think Nicolas Cage is an absolutely fascinating person. He's a guy with genuine acting talent, but he also picks these just really bad movies to be in sometimes. And I love that he's game enough to kind of do a comedic version of his own persona. And I think this movie just looks super fun and entertaining. I also want to see The Northman, which looks pretty different, which is about a Viking prince on a quest for revenge. This has a really good cast. The special effects look good and really intense. So I think that also looks like a fun movie. We've got a lot of upcoming stuff to look forward to as well. The trailer for Thor Love and Thunder recently dropped. It actually didn't blow me away, but I'm okay with that. Um, one of my geek confessions is that Thor Ragnarok is actually not my favorite of the Thor movies. I thought that it veered a little bit too far into comedy and it didn't necessarily nail some of the more dramatic aspects of the story. I know a lot of people who absolutely love Thor Ragnarok and it's one of their favorite MCU movies and I don't want to take that away at all. It's personal preference, but so I'm approaching Love and Thunder with a little bit more caution and... The fact that the trailer didn't wow me, I'm okay with because this could be that they're saving the best stuff for the actual movie. And I'm looking forward to it. And also on Marvel, Moon Knight continues to intrigue and confuse. I was glad to hear that other fans found aspects of the last episode puzzling. But again, I'm okay with that. Like, I like that it's introducing some mysterious elements and it's kind of keeping some of us audience in the dark and it's trippy and I like that it's just going for it. So I'm looking forward to seeing more soon. That's it for this week's box office buzz. If you're looking for more entertainment related content, be sure to check over out my blog articles over on the ESO podcast website. Hey, you know how you don't have any friends? It's fine. The Flopcast will be your friend. Your weird podcast friend. Join us on the Flopcast every week. 
for a silly conversation about cartoons, music, comic books, chickens, and obscure 80s pop culture trivia that no one, literally no one, could possibly care about. Find us at Flopcast.net and on the ESO network. It'll be our little secret. All right, babies, let's get into the car and take off down the highway and listen to some of our favorite road trip music. Take it away, Mikey. The, uh, I have no idea what you were going for there, Mike. <laughs> Just, uh, that, is, that sounded uh, very rough, but uh, kind of almost a Wolfman Jack thing. So I, I gave it to Wolfman Mike. Is that what that was? Oh, yeah, baby. That's it. Woo! That's all right. That's all right. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's time for road trips. I think uh, America's ready to take trips again, uh, to go on the road again, um, especially not to be in uh, in planes where the requirements are still kind of iffy as far as uh, getting sick and all of that, wearing masks and being vaccinated and all that. So uh, hit the road and uh, go to all these places that are now open. Uh, a lot of tourist places are still open, are now open, and uh, it's just. Um, we're going to get into that, I think, later. I think we've got a show planned for road trips or for vacation spots for uh, this coming summer. That uh, that sounds really intriguing, but we knew, we we thought we'd prepare yourself or prepare ourselves with music to get us to those destinations. Uh, and we have, of course, our music crew. And Michelle is here. Hey. <laughs> hey. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And 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 you hear Bambi and Ricky are here as well. Yeah, oh out. yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like the Kool Aid Man. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> so so, do you guys now? All of us have uh, devices that we play music uh, that we used to play music in the car, right? Do we have? Are we still? Is anybody here still just like uh, banking on whatever the radio station is going to play? I listen to the radio in my truck a lot. Really? Yes. You know, uh, knowing it, uh, do you even have a smartphone? I can't remember. <laughs> I, I do not. That's why. That's why. <laughs> um, but uh, so, but we've all got in playlists, uh, even if it's manually, that we uh, like to uh, play when we hear music, um, when we are going on the road and driving around. So um, what makes a good road music song? Is it one that just keeps you awake? Is it one that you like to sing along to? Is it something that uh, is is something that reminds you of driving, which is odd because you'd be driving. Why would you need to be reminded? But yet, um, you know, when we think of road music, we often think of like road movies, like Easy Rider, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, um, a lot of a lot of movies like that. Um, I think Born to Be Wild is probably the song that comes to mind most often. Is that is that what comes to mind for you guys as well? I guess first song I think of when I think of like road music is that what is it, Holiday Road from was it Vacation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, another. Yeah, that's yeah. the first one that comes to mind for me too. I, it must be a generational thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what people think now. Uh, kids, what are the kids thinking now? But uh, listening to now. But I think that's uh, obviously you know. I think Born to Be Wild. Every time like some characters on tv or whatever went on a road trip it seems like that was the song that was playing thanks to easy rider which was i think one of the ultimate road trip movies that uh that came out 
Oh, back then, yes. Back in the old days of the 1960s. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, none of us go far beyond that. So, <laughs> did they have? I guess they had road trips back in the, before then. But, uh, uh, Bambi, we'll start with you. What is a track or an album or something, a style of music that you like to listen to? Because you guys, I mean, we all go on long road trips and you guys are going on the road all the time, right? Yeah. So, so, so we do a lot of road trips. And I know I'm the one that drives at night. So I usually put in my, my headphones so everybody else can sleep while I drive. And I know uh, what I end up listening to is probably a lot more dependent on my mood. But in general, if I'm trying to stay awake, then it's often stuff along the lines of upbeat rhythmic, but oftentimes heavier. So stuff like Rammstein. Mm. or Rob Zombie. I love listening to like Hellbilly Deluxe. That's such yes. a great album. Yes. Or uh, if it was just a whole album, I think like Pump by Aerosmith. That's a fantastic driving album. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The the two white zombie albums, um, oh, yeah. uh, the first two white zombie albums, I think there's a couple others, but uh, the first two main ones or whatever those and Rob Zombie's like first one are, are like start to finish, like really good uh, to keep you awake in the car just and if you just want to crank it up I, I think you mean the last two white zombie albums was there was there one the i thought there was only like about three or four well that white zombie had uh make them die slowly yeah uh which is eh. probably not one of the yeah. ones you're thinking of <laughs> that's probably true that's probably true and uh, was it How the Gods Kill? No, that yeah. was uh, that was Danzig. My guess is he's thinking of like Les Exorcisto and uh, uh, what's the one that had more human than human? Uh, yeah, that's uh, Astro Creep. Uh, Astro Creep, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So yes, those two. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah, you want to turn it up and you want to roll the windows down and have everybody hear what you're, what you're playing, right? Ricky, what if, <laughs> Ricky, I put my what, headphones in. <laughs> <laughs> let everybody else sleep <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh that is a trick like if you're if you're driving you don't have headphones like yeah. and at the night like what do you play so that other people are sort of awake uh, not awake but it's weird because sometimes i'll be i'll it'll be all simon and garfunkel and uh portishead and well typo negative totally and that's not upbeat <laughs> for the most part it's not right so it's just mood dependent that's true that's true uh, Ricky, what about you? And if you have the choice to play music while you're driving, well, I lately, and by lately I mean like the last year, I've kind of been enjoying listening to the radio just to hear what's out right now, like what's okay. kind of new. And uh, if I put it on the River, which is a local station here in Atlanta for rock, for rock. Um, I'm guaranteed to hear the same songs. <laughs> I mean, it's, It'll be like Led Zeppelin. The, the, yeah, those those aren't new songs. Those are no, not no, new no, songs no. by any means. Uh, but Led yeah. Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Tom Petty, Black Sabbath. That's it's all stuff that I like. Bad Company. But it's uh, you know, it's my choices are put in a CD because I my truck has a CD player or listen to the radio. And uh, today I was listening to, to a CD 
but um, most of the time lately I've been listening to the radio because it's pretty much the same stuff anytime you listen to the river. Uh, It may be a different song, but it's generally the same, I don't know, 20 bands. And (laughs) if I listen to uh, the other rock station, they play some of the newer stuff. So I'm hearing the new songs by Foo Fighters or, you know, whatever else is coming on. Um, but if I'm if I'm going on a road trip, uh, one of my favorite road trip CDs of all time is The Joshua Tree by U2. Thank you. That is my that is my top pick as well. And another one is uh, The Traveling Vampire Show by Calabrese. That's a good one. We listened to that while we were on the road for the better part of a year. And uh, it led to my writing Saturday Midnight Double Feature. Oh, wow. So that's that song is the result of listening to Calabrese's album, The Traveling Vampire Show, to the point that it probably drove the rest of the band a little bit crazy. Seems like we listened to a lot of Neon Trees around that time, too. There was a period of time where we were listening to Neon Trees a lot, yeah. So Um, those are are some of my uh, road road trip albums that come to mind. The Joshua Tree uh, by U2, whatever the first Neon Trees album was, and uh, Traveling Vampire Show by Calabrese. I'm going to stick a pin in uh, Joshua Tree for a minute, and I because I want to hear from you, Michelle, as far as what because uh, I know you've given road trip music a lot of thought. You have like <laughs> a like at least one like playlist for road trip music that you're always tinkering with, or do you have multiple ones? Or no, I just have the one. Gotcha. I love to make playlists. I'm really good at playlists if I say so myself. And my road trip playlist, which it's kind of funny because I don't go on road trips very often. <laughs> I'm, I'm a homebody, wow. so it's, it's aspirational. But I have a three and a half hour uh, road trip playlist, which I hope to trot out when we go to Kentucky later mm-hmm. this summer. And I'm always, I'll, I'll hear something somewhere and think, oh, that's got the right BPM. I will put it on there. So when you <laughs> when you started the playlist, like what was either your top track, like an essential track, um, or what was the general like sense of what makes like what makes a good choice as far as this needs to go on the list or nah that song doesn't work. I look for stuff. It's not all BPM, but I look for stuff that just has this kind of expansive feel to it. Like one of my top tracks is uh, "The Cars Tonight She Comes." Rico Kasich always said he mixed the Cars music to sound good on an AM car radio. Hmm. Um, so the song sounds really good coming out of out of a car stereo, and it's it's got that that swing. It's got just the right BPM. It's got that concise little guitar solo. It's just perfect for 70, 75 miles an hour <laughs> on the interstate. Okay, wow, she's speeding. <laughs> or in some, in, well, I'm sorry, oh, Mike. Oh, she's, yeah, she's going. She's, she's, she's in the going slow, lane. slow. Come on. <laughs> I was like, really, dude? Yeah, uh, yeah, Faber's like uh, speeding right by you on the road. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, Mike, what about you? Because I know that you and I have taken some road trips together. 
Um, and uh, you always have music playing. Uh, do you find music an essential part of driving, especially oh, long trips? As soon as I get in the car, the music cranks up. No matter if it's just going to the grocery store, or going on, you know, drive through the mountains, or going up through up to a convention, or wherever, and you know, going to even see music, it's always fun to have music going in the car, and it's just it's beautiful to to do that, to be able to follow it and go, you know, wherever your heart desires. And I haven't listened to radio itself. Um, probably in five years, six years, you know, and, you know, that includes, you know, even having XM because we had it for a while when we got our car, but then it just wasn't worth it because even the stations there started repeating itself all the time. And, you know, I thought, oh, XM, it's going to be awesome. All these channels. I was bored with it. I was listening to like five channels at the most on it because it was just, it was just got old. And so, you know, that's, thank goodness we had the iPhones and, you know, our large, you know, disk space because I have like 14,000 songs on my phone. And so the odds of hearing the same song on any trip is really rare because we just literally put it on random on the, on the music and just go and anything from rock, anything to country blues pop you know and even you know judy has had me put on some classical stuff so it's just you know it's just amazing to do and it's just it's fun to do because you know the music you know takes on the surroundings and you know it makes the trip a lot more entertaining and such it's like if you're in the mountains and listening to the almond brothers or the grateful dead or, you know, even something like, you know, Americana and, you know, listening to the Avid Brothers and, you know, bands like that. But then when you're driving through the city and listening to the Ramones trying to get through traffic and everything, it's <laughs> it's it's just awesome, you know, being able to do stuff like that. And it's it's awesome to be able to not know what's coming next with your songs and that's what makes it almost more exciting, you know, when we're, while we're driving. Like when Mike and I are in the car, when we're going somewhere, it's like, you know, I just, I hit play and I just go with it. And I don't even like touch, you know, a fast forward or, you know, anything like that. Or, oh, because I know people are like, oh, let's go on to these songs. I want to listen to this. And every once in a while we do listen to albums and stuff like that. You know, it's like Judy hated it once. We were listening to Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. And when time came on and the alarms went off and, you know, and just <laughs> woke her ass up and it was pretty funny. To... <laughs> she was like, what the heck? You know, well, hell wasn't the word she used, but, you know, <laughs> but it, it was, it was awesome. And, you know, it's just, it's always just, it's great just having music and playing it loud and everything. And, you know. And I have such a mix of taste with music, and it's just, it's awesome because, you know, I just like hearing what's, you know, what I have next and everything. And you just keep on going with it. And it's like, oh, I haven't heard this song in years. And, you know, it takes your memories. And, you know, it actually, if you're in a really boring drive, like if you have to drive somewhere, like driving down to Savannah, 
the drive between Macon and Savannah is boring as hell because it's literally a straight line and there is nothing to see, you know. And yeah, you got to make sure you stop at that one gas station. Exactly. <laughs> oh, wait. Exactly. Well, we're in Dublin. We got to stop there, you know, because there's no gas any for the next 150 miles. It's like, eh. so, yeah, literally. And it's just it is crazy. Yeah, like, we make that trip in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. So exactly. And then sometimes you get when you're driving in the middle of the night and you have that haunting music come up, you know, and it just like freaks you out. You got, I got to get to the next song. I got to get to the next song because it's like it's just oh, like I love those. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, one time we were driving in the middle of the night and uh, Tubular Bells was playing and it was just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Mike Oldfield. Exactly. It's just like, oh, God, this is freaking me out. This is just a. So. There is. I also want to mention. Yeah, um, before before I got home today, I was teaching guitar lessons, and I have a 13 year old girl who's taking bass lessons from me, and she's really into bands like Slipknot, and uh, she was learning a Pantera song on her own. I love the look on Mike's face. <laughs> I know you guys can't see it, but. <laughs> Anyway, she's she's really into super like heavy music from the 90s on. And I told her that I was doing a podcast tonight where we were going to talk about road trip music. And I said, so what's a good road trip song? And she said, of all things, as she's playing a Pantera song on bass, she says, abracadabra. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yes. And wow. I did not expect that at all. So, thirteen-year-old girl who's really into playing bass lines for Slipknot and Pantera, and the lightest band I think she's at all into is Metallica, tells me that Abracadabra is a good road trip song. Wow. And we are talking about the Steve Miller band, Abracadabra. I played it for her just to make sure that we were talking about the same song. Was it something that like her parents played or like she listened to in the car, like a family trip or something? Because no maybe idea. That, that could I have be no idea. That could be something like that. I mean, growing up, my dad used to always have the radio on and, and he would always have the quote unquote oldie station. Uh, back then it was playing songs from the 50s. Um, now the only station I don't even want to know what it plays. I don't want to know because that was that makes the me feel 2000s. even older. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like if they hit this century, I'm done. I'm done. Mike um, Gordon, you know REM is played on the oldie station now. Yeah, yeah. probably. Nirvana so. is. Yes. Oh goodness gracious! Pearl Jam. You uh, know. <laughs> well, the River is kind of an oldie station, right? I mean, classic, classic rock. rock. Classic, classic rock. rock. Classic rock. We'll leave it at that, right? We'll My mom that. used to listen to a lot of country. I remember on our road trips, she'd always put on country. But she would put on modern country, as she put it, which was like Garth Brooks and Alabama and stuff. I loved Alabama. Mm. Alabama was great. On one of, on, on one of our road, road trips, trip. we actually found the Alabama Museum. There's actually a oh, museum cool. for them. <laughs> Didn't even know there was yeah. one. Yep. Growing up, when we would go on road trips... I would listen to my eight track tape of the Lone Ranger radio shows. Oh, cool. Yeah, that is cool. The, um, 
yeah, like I said, my dad would listen to the LD station, which would play like rock, like kind of early, like rockabilly, like 50s songs and all that. Um, and it never really occurred to me, it only occurred to me much later when I was actually more of an adult, that I was like, wow, these songs, I, I just thought of them as oldie songs. But my dad was probably thought thinking like, these are songs that I grew up with. <laughs> you know, like, these are the songs. <laughs> these are songs. <laughs> these are songs. These are yeah. not only songs. These are, these are songs I like. That makes um, me think of the Simpsons episode where Homer's going through the, the oldies section and he's like, all the best bands are in here. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Time Life Collection, right? Uh, huge gatherings of massively popular artists. Um, I can, I think two of the first like pop singles I ever really liked. I think I remember hearing, I remember hearing first on the, on the radio and these were not oldies. These were just at the time, current songs uh, or yeah, they were like popular songs on the charts. And one of them was, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the band. Now uh, the artist, uh, Billy, don't be a hero. Yes, I know I'm old. Um, but uh, do you know that one, Mike? Of course I do. You know who it is? Oh, Bill. Billy yeah, Bill. yeah. So, yeah, I actually have it on my. I have that song actually. I yeah. can tell you right not, now. Not to be confused with like uh, the Phil Collins song, <laughs> which is. <laughs> Bo Donaldson has got some good road music. Yeah, yeah. What's that? I'm sorry. Who was it? It's Bo Donaldson and the Haywoods. I was wow. thinking the Haywoods. They. That's a definition of a one-hit wonder, right? Yeah. Uh, the other one I remember um, hearing was um, "That's the Way." Uh huh, uh huh. You like, yeah, it. like yeah, it? Yeah, KC uh-huh. and the Sunshine Band was like popular then. Uh, the first time I heard Prince, uh, which was uh, I think um, "I Want to Be Your Lover," which that was when I was a kid on the radio. Uh, I used to listen to Kiss One Hundred Eight, which was more uh, soul, uh, urban songs, um, and uh, so. So I grew up listening to some music on the radio. I don't listen to music on the radio anymore. I can't, I, I don't remember the last time I listened to the radio. Um, if I'm in the car by myself, I listen to podcasts uh, mostly. And if uh, sometimes I get the urge to like, you know, if I'm on, if we're doing a long trip, then I'll play music. Um, certainly if I'm in the car with someone else, uh, music is more of a choice than a podcast. Uh, unless we both like the podcast like the good place podcast. Um, uh, but usually music is, is what we go for. Um, I have very, very strong memories of, uh, 1986, 87 when Joshua tree came out. Is that 87 Ricky? Is that right? That sounds right. 87, 88. Uh, going on one of my first, like a, a trip over the summer, I was going from Massachusetts, Illinois, and it wasn't a road trip. I started off by, taking the bus to the air, airport in uh, Boston and flying. But I started right when I started that trip, when the bus started going, I put in Joshua Tree and talk about a perfect, like the album is great anyway. It's one of my favorite albums, but Streets With No Name is one of the perf- most perfect songs you can ever start a trip with. The way it just sort of the um, instrumental just builds and builds and builds. It just sounds like you're, it's taking you on a journey. Um, and, uh, that's the way it felt. Um, and I, and I love starting off, uh, like trips with that song just because I just think it's, I I don't think I've found a more perfect song to like start a trip with. 
We used to do that, and we used to start it with the countdown from Rocket by uh, Def <laughs> Leppard. <laughs> very different. Very different. Oh, yes. But it was awesome, you know, playing certain songs when you're on the highway and stuff. There was one time we were in L.A., and we were listening to uh, Metallica Enter Sandman, like, blasting it. And a guy pulled up next to us on the highway because we were all sitting in traffic, and he just started headbanging to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, if you can play it so loud that other people around you can hear it, that's... That's pretty cool. You can only do that with like heavy stuff. You can't do that with like. Oh, but nowadays you you drive by all these cars, and you could feel the bass like three cars yeah. away. Yeah, yes. all the screws are coming un, like unhinged <laughs> yeah. in your vehicle from being next to one of those. Exactly, you feel your car shaking apart from it <laughs> when the when the when the back seat is taken up uh, by. God, two we sound old. We sound old. <laughs> Two speakers, you're like, you know, you're in trouble. You might as well just turn yours down. Uh, the thing I used is, to... now the guys that have those back seats filled with speakers are old. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I used to have a transmitter because I didn't, my phone wouldn't directly, I didn't, this is before Bluetooth, I guess, or before I had Bluetooth capabilities in my car. So I had to, I had this sort of transmitter that would transmit from my phone to the radio station to a certain radio station and um unfortunately if i got next to a car that was doing the same thing like a lot of times i would hear their music than than whatever i was listening to the downside to mr microphone yeah exactly that was was that creepy commercial that was crazy Hey, good but, looking. I'll be over later. It's like, uh. Uh, but at the risk of going off on a on a, a side road here for a minute, getting off the highway, um, Mike, because you mentioned something that I find is an interesting like side topic here. If you're going to a concert, do you play the ba- like the music by the band that you're going to see? Sometimes, uh, before, sometimes before or after. Yes. Very yes. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. Very much so because you want to get in the mood for the concert and everything, and <laughs> and yeah, exactly. It depends on the moment, and it's it's interesting too because you know, like last night we went to go see an Irish Celtic band, and so we were getting into the mood by listening to the band the guy used to be part of, and. Mm-hmm. You know, and then afterwards, you know, like, or we saw Bare Naked Ladies, or we we used to all be singing it, and, you know, when we go to the concert, and, you know, stuff like that. Same thing, you know, most of the shows we go to, we, you know, listen to it, and we, and it's also cool, like, afterwards, because, oh, didn't you love it when he played this song, or this song, you know, and, you know, listening to it, I just usually um, load in their albums, and, you know, play random albums randomly by the artist i don't go okay we have to listen to this whole album from start to finish either so it's kind of cool like almost like you're seeing him in concert because you don't know what song is next by the artist and everything so yeah it's it's fun that way though yeah i think i think it, it helps set the mood it helps set the 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 sort of template for the evening as well as you know finishing off uh if you can hear after the concert, uh, you know, details like, come on. I have to turn up the radio a little bit louder uh, on the way back home. Um, but uh, I think you know, there's that sort of like 
you know, that cool factor where you, you know, you don't, you never wear a band's t-shirt if you're going to see them live. Right. I'm like, so against that. I, I'd say wear their shirt. That's a bunch of crap, man. Yep. I'm in a band. If you okay. wear, wear one of our shirts to our shows, I want to high five you. <laughs> ah, that's cool. That's cool. I, 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 I like, I support that as yeah. well. That was a comment. That comment, the whole don't wear a band's shirt to their show. Don't be that guy was from a movie. And I can't even remember the movie, but man, it makes me mad because nobody thought that till that movie made that. Ah, quote. Gotcha. Bands want you to wear their shirt. Yeah. I would think it so. It means you bought it and you're a fan of the for local <laughs> yeah. bands. Don't don't bring your don't bring your bootleg shirt, right? <laughs> with with local bands especially, it lets the venue know that people are there to see your band. Yeah. And that is huge for local uh, bands, for small independent bands getting back into venues. Yeah, great. So wear yeah. the shirt of the band you're going to see. There you go. Be that guy. Be, be that awesome guy. guy. Be that guy. <laughs> well, and then there's also like they didn't even get. I've even heard people get into like even more detail, like, oh, you can wear it, but not that for this tour. It has to be like an older one or yes. whatever. I don't know. But then you have like people like um, Steve. Um, what was it? Weird Al on his, one of his tours had a different shirt for every city that he was in. That's right. Wow. And That's everything. Right. So and That's he had. And he, That's a good idea to make some money. Oh yeah, and he, he and they became collectors' items because, yeah. you know, it, once they were gone, they were gone, and they it was it was pretty smart of them to do. And he had yeah. a different artist doing each one too. That's cool. Which is pretty cool to do, and you know, so the whole thing about wearing a band's t-shirt to the concert—that's BS. That is total BS. Yeah. Do it. Yep. Do it. So, um, and so, and according to Mike Faber, it's cool, it's cool to listen to their music on the way there and back as well. Um, yes. um, uh, yeah. now obviously, yeah. obviously, obviously Ricky and Bambi aren't listening to their own music as they're going to their shows. Yeah. We recorded it and I was like, I don't have to listen to it anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you got to sing it. Uh, it's just, you know, we have a different perspective. We do listen to it sometimes, but. Now, when you're going to other see other people, do you do you listen to their stuff on the way there and back? It depends on the show. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times that helps you get in the mood to go see a show. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're going to see a band that you're not fully familiar with. That you know, it's like you're you know their music, and you're more going to hang out with people. It it kind of gives you something to look look for in the show. Or if a band's got a new album out that you're not very familiar with, yeah. right. you might want to listen to that album so that you'll be more familiar with the new songs. With the stuff they're going to play, right? Exactly. Exactly. Let's yeah. see how they're doing them differently live. Because yeah. some people, you know, change it up at the show. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or some Very people play the same tunes, but different lyrics even for some, some artists. It's pretty awesome yeah. what they do. We do that by accident. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We do that just because we have bad memories and we don't care enough to learn our own lyrics. <laughs> there you go, folks. You got it from the horse's mouth right there. And then, and then I guess on the way home, you can listen to the songs that you wish they played. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, they yeah. didn't get a chance to play that. A bummer. But uh, yeah, let's play it now. Um, Michelle, do you have any thoughts on playing music of the artist before or after a concert? I'm cool with it. It's fun. <laughs> I know we've done it. Yeah. So... And I, I don't remember hearing any like arguments. 
Oh, yeah. But it's actually kind of <laughs> cool when you're in the parking lot and walking towards the stadium or the concert venue and you hear people who are listening to the band, you know, and everything. And you, 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 that, yeah, exactly. But you have a common bond with them then because you go, hey, I love that song, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, you make new friends that way and sometimes you get free alcohol. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> so uh when i was doing just a a little bit of research this on on this topic online uh there was a lot of different views on what is considered road trip music uh, or road music or whatever um one of those um one of those things categories was uh, these are songs that are great to sing along to. Like if you're with a group, a family, uh, a bunch of people like going on a big road trip, uh, you know, when you're younger and you've got like all your mates with you, like, you know, blasting this song. I think, I think in film that, that is perfectly encapsulate, encapsulated by uh, Wayne's world with Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. them listening to Bohemian Rhapsody is like, the perfect moment that every like group of friends wants to have on the road, <laughs> like singing. And and that's one of the pr- most perfect songs to do that with, I think. Right. It is now because of that movie. Yeah. Oh, you don't think people were doing it before then? Not to the extent that they are since then. I wasn't. Oh, well, yeah. That's probably song at all until that movie. Wow. Yeah. Well, I knew the song, but I didn't know. The- <laughs> yeah. Fair though. I didn't know ballroom blitz until that, until the movie <gasps> wow and they did not mike myers had to stand up for that they didn't want him to use it they wanted him to use was it something by metallica they wanted something current for the time oh the studio yeah. did yeah uh. and he said no no he he was adamant about it and it became a classic moment absolutely because i think a lot of people even if they didn't recollect that but using that particular song they all recognize that kind of moment. Yeah. Um, like those are kind out, of moments. I was also you very young when that came out. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Just another reminder that we're old. Um, what was it? Uh, we, ju- we were just looking before the show. I think Wayne's World is celebrating its what, 30th anniversary this year. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, not but to make think, anyone feel old or anything. No. But, um, you know, Ricky, when you mentioned that that uh, that your student had mentioned Abracadabra, it kind of made me because I was thinking earlier about that. Like, if I had a group of people in my car, especially, you know, sort of my my age or whatever, um, or even as a, if I had a family or whatever, I think I would I would choose a playlist that was more eighty songs, just because I I find that those songs are more um, sing along ish. Is that me, or do you guys agree with that? Maybe. Well coming from a guy who's played in an 80s band for a very long time. Uh, yeah, they're definitely great sing-along songs. I play them and have people sing along with them, you know, constantly for for many, many years. But I think you could say the same thing about songs for many decades. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people now who sing along with songs from the nineties. Um, there was a period in time when a lot of people were singing along with songs from the seventies. So I don't think that it's the nineties exclusively as much as uh, with the exception of Bambi for the rest of us, yeah. 
it's music that hit us at that time in our lives uh, where it's now very um, memorable in a different way than other music. Yeah. Like, like when my dad was playing classic songs from the fifties and in, in, in early sixties. Right. Cause like at that time, like those were songs that he remembered growing up and they, he, you know, the classic station is just going to play mainly the most like uh, popular ones. So the hits, the ones that are more sing along ish, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, the ones that more people know and they recognize. Um, so, uh, Mike, what about you? What about what? What are sort of sing along songs that uh, you think sort of apply to road good road trip music? Oh, pretty much almost all the music I listen to, you know, <laughs> you can sing along to in its own way. I don't think you could sing along the tubular bells. Well, no, but you hum along with it. I'm how along to it. Yeah. You know, or Edgar Maybe Winters. Throw, she could meow to almost anything. Or Edgar yep. Winters Frankenstein or something like that. It's a great song to sing along to. So, <laughs> But yeah. But yeah, no, there's always good songs too. And, you know, it was always great because, you know, grow having William grow up in area. I was just about to ask, like, you what, know, what songs did you like play with William in the car? Oh, our usual stuff, you know, we, he grew up listening to a lot of eighties and nineties music and sixties and, you know, fifties, sixties, seventies and eighties and nineties. It was awesome. And, you know, and then we, he actually got me into some of the more modern music and everything, you know, Oh dad, you got to hear this and stuff like that. So it was, you know, it was interesting to do. And he knew all that kind of stuff. You know, he used to go see bare naked ladies with us when, you know, we saw them in concert or we take them to go see weird Al took them to go see, you know, other folks. And, you know, he liked the Avid brothers. He liked, um, he liked a lot of, you know, the stuff we used to go take to see. And, you know, it was fun taking him to concerts and stuff because he he enjoyed the music and everything. And he was like, oh, Dad, I hope they play this song and this song and this song, you know. And that was, you know, a sign of, I did something right there, kid, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to as opposed to getting reported for taking your son to see Bare Naked Ladies. Well, exactly. Because so. that, that's, that's pretty European of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know. Hey, you know, if I could go take them to go see a Canadian band, it's A-OK with me. I can see that conversation at school the next day. So what did you do last night? My My dad dad took took me to see Bare Naked Naked Ladies. ladies. Oh, did he? No. (laughs) Getting the call of the defects. Uh, Michelle, what about you? What about uh, any sort of sing-along songs, make your playlist, that kind of stuff? It's on the playlist. I can sing along to it. <laughs> what, what, passes, what passes for singing with me? The, uh, yeah. Uh, when I was thinking about two uh, additional 80s songs, I was thinking like the monkeys are really like very much uh, like singable. Uh, that oh, yeah. Ro- mm-hmm. I think the monkeys have a really good road trip music type. Um, like a lot of their, I think traveling depicting traveling in the song because that was another category i saw online like there are a lot of songs that are about the road that are about traveling uh going from place to place etc etc and a lot of road trip music lists that you see out there that people make are songs like you know on the road again uh holiday road life uh, is a highway 
Yeah. Life is a highway, mm-hmm. right? Life in the fast lane. Get the uh, I can't go 55 or, you know, like there's a ton of music that references driving. I don't know if I don't know if drive is considered. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anybody so. listens to drive and goes, oh, man, that'd be great to listen to in the car. Yeah, it's kind of depre- <laughs> kind of depressing there, Mike. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to crash my car then instead. So, so, so there are definitely tunes that you don't want to listen to in the car, right? So, like, like depressing tracks, sad tracks. You say that, but sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put on some Portishead. And... <laughs> it's all dreary and rainy. Let's put on some, you know, like The Cure or Bauhaus or something. <laughs> the Cure is is actually really upbeat yeah. a lot more often than they're given credit Well, for. it's they're upbeat, but the lyrics are so, so depressing. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're upbeat, but they're satirical about it. Let's cry while we dance. <laughs> they, it's a, it's an it's a ironic upbeat, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, I you know speaking of uh, like you know goth, I mean I I listen like I love cranking up Sisters of Mercy. Uh, oh, there you go. Uh, well, it's not always goth though. I mean, if you think like to me like "Wish You Were Here," that is like one of the saddest songs. <laughs> Pink Floyd's "Wish You Were Here." Mm-hmm. Every time it comes on, I'm like, "Ooh, I want to tear up." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you probably don't want to tear up when you're driving. You know, another type of road trip music for me is soundtracks. Oh, God, mm-hmm. yes. I agree completely like with that. The soundtrack mm-hmm. soundtrack for Top Gun and the soundtrack for Iron Eagle were two great uh, soundtracks that that just were good driving albums. And actually, completely unrelated to those two movies... The soundtrack for Stand By Me. Oh, yeah. Forrest Gump. For me, one of them is like the Pulp Fiction soundtrack is awesome. Oh, yeah. That's, to the yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. Anything, any of Quentin Tarantino's soundtracks, because he knows music and everything. And even his latest one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, was an amazing soundtrack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about the soundtrack for Labyrinth? It's pretty much just a David Bowie album. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's a great one. The uh, I don't, I don't, I never had the soundtrack to Iron Eagle, but um, I used to play um, Queen's "A Kind of Magic" in the car a lot, um, and uh, it started with the song that they licensed out for Iron Eagle. Uh, um, I'm blanking on the name. Help me. <laughs> one Vision. Yeah, you just yeah. need me like that. Uh, um, and give that me, one, give me, give me fried chicken. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the last line. Um, but that one builds up really good. That's a good. That's a good song to start with too, because that one builds and builds and builds like you're going on a trip, uh, almost like a rocket is taking off. Flash Gordon's kind of. Well, I mean, I can listen to Flash Gordon anytime, so that's not. That's just me. I think um, <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> The last trip I took, which was to uh, Greenville, South Carolina, which is about two and a half hours or so, um, three, because I had to pick up Peter first. Um, uh, I played, I just had it on a playlist of random tracks for playing anything by Queen. That was on my my, uh, player. And so we listened to Queen all the way up, various Queen tracks live, et cetera, et cetera. And um, that was cool. Um, when we got, 
after the convention was over and we, we finished uh, loading up the car, we got in the car and I told Peter, I said, would, do you want to listen? Is there anything else you want to listen to? Would you rather listen to another band? Uh, or, you know, would you, do you want to keep it on Queen? He's like, yeah, Queen's all right. And I'm like, you bet they are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Correct answer. <laughs> um, but I, I found that was, uh, you know, I mean, if we are talking about like a, one of the most perfect rock and roll bands ever, uh, Queen really applies. You can, you can play that music. Uh, that's great music to have on a road trip. Um, all of their stuff. I'm sure you have Queen on your road trip playlist, Michelle. Yes, I do. <laughs> Is there anything that you have on your, on your, since you're the only one that really has a playlist specifically for road trip, is there anything that you have on there that might be like, people would be like, that's kind of an odd choice. Mm. Something like strange that people either might not know about or they wouldn't necessarily think would be good road music. No, I don't think so. I mean, I do have Kiss, I Was Made For Loving You on there. So people That's a cool song. I like that song. That's on, <laughs> it's on my list. <laughs> First song How, I actually heard of by Kiss. Is it? Yeah, it was on one of my dad's had a, a, a disco cassette tape. It was a mix of disco songs, and that was one of the tracks. I didn't know what Kiss looked like at all. I just knew that song, and the band was named Kiss. So when I first saw a picture of the band Kiss, I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was so confused. I I think I saw them visually before I heard them. I may, oh, I may I, be wrong about that. I know for a fact I saw them before I heard them. Yeah. Really? Absolutely positive. Yeah, I I remember seeing uh, the the toy company Mego made one six scale Kiss action figures, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing those. I remember seeing the commercial for it. Kind of having a rough idea. I knew they were a band, but I didn't really know what they sounded like. But what's interesting is they sound nothing like the music on their commercial for the action figures. <laughs> Kiss, that's their name. Kiss, if rock's your game, they're Kiss. <laughs> that is kind of an odd choice that they wouldn't use the band's music. Well, right? They probably, you know, Gene probably wanted too much money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds like him to me. Yeah. You want to use my music? You have to pay us. But it's we're selling your stuff. That's right. You still have to pay us. <laughs> It I seems don't. like rock and roll all night would have been the perfect song for that commercial, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do I know? I do have Rush Red Sector A, which rhythmically is a is a great road trip song, but it's about a prison camp. So subject matter wise, it is a little odd. Gotcha, gotcha. Is is now? Uh, I don't think we've ever have you ever really deeply talked about Rush before on 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 our show. Ricky would know. I don't remember having any in-depth conversations about Rush specifically, but I can tell you that when it comes to road trips, there was a several year period of time when I didn't take Rush out of my tape deck in my car. So if I was on a road trip and you were with me, you were listening to Rush. (laughs) Well, okay. Uh, Was it different albums? Or just one particular album? Uh, I had a Farewell to Kings on one side and Hemispheres on the other side of a 90-minute cassette tape. 
And uh, my drummer, whose favorite band was Rush, by the way, actually said to me one time, I love Rush and all, but dude, can we listen to something else? <laughs> I, uh, whenever I think of uh, road trips and that, that comment specifically makes me think of an old uh, uh, a bit by Stephen Wright, the comedian uh, yes. from Massachusetts, yes. where he says, he says uh, <laughs> last year we drove across the country. We switched uh, on the driving every half mile. We only had one cassette tape to listen to in the entire trip because the cassette tape player was broken. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I, just, I always laugh when I hear that because that's it's like, yeah, that would be that would be in some in some Dante's Inferno. That would be some yeah. sort of level of hell, right? No matter what the album is, how much you like it, to only be able to to be forced to listen to that one cassette like over and over and over again for that happened to me cross country. And it was it the was, Starland I, vocal band, right? I do remember which album it was, though. It was it was Danzig's first album. And it got stuck in my cassette player. And the only way for me to stop hearing that was to either just turn off the radio completely. Or if I stuck a flathead screwdriver into the cassette deck and wedged it in there just right so that it would lift up the cassette tape it would let the radio play ah. so i could either listen to the radio or i could listen to the first danzig album <laughs> and that was it those were my choices it just reminds it's like uh the book good omens there's a story in there where they're the vehicle that they're driving it doesn't matter what tape goes in it always turns into a queen album Yep. Regardless yep. of what album, Queen, Queen's greatest, yeah, hits. Queen's greatest hits. Yeah. That's so why I read you know, that Aerosmith book, and it's going to morph into Queen's yeah. greatest hits. That's why there you read are the definitely book. worse albums that it oh, yes. yeah. morph yeah. into. That cracks me up, though. Even even not their greatest hits, I can account for the fact that Queen is good to listen to for going on the road. Um. So um. So any plans for road trips in the near future? We've certainly got a few. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah. So that's uh, and we've got one uh, coming up in June uh, for sure. Um, but I'll be going to uh, Knoxville uh, next month, so I'll be tuning up my uh, playlist for that. I'm not sure exactly what uh, I'm going to pick, um, but Peter will be in the car with me again, so maybe it'll just be more Queen, which I don't have a problem with at all. Cool. Uh, but I do have a lot of choices and, and like you, Mike, I do like the idea of every once in a while, I will say, you know what, I'm just going to play whatever randomly is on my playlist because there are songs that are on my playlist that I've probably never heard. Oh, I'm sure. Because, because I have like you, I have thousands, tens of thousands of songs, uh, most of which I paid for um on my, on my iTunes. So anyway, on my, there. On my iPod. Um but, uh, and it's nice to know that, like, if I paid for them, I should play them at some point. I, I should get my money's worth. Um, and also, at home, I don't listen to music near as much as I did, like, 20 years ago. I don't know about you guys, but the car is really, like, the only place that I really listen to music. Um, well, it's, it's different for us because we're constantly having to learn music. Yeah, but right. the music even, like if I'm cleaning or 
whatever. If I'm going for a walk or I'm doing doing anything, I often have my headphones in. So I you, actually uh, listen to music besides just for fun, <laughs> or besides sorry, I listen to it besides just for work, which is learning music. Gotcha. Yeah, I was was wondering if like because some people who like work with computers all day don't want to go anywhere near a computer. I don't know if if that would be applicable to you know musicians. Like if you had just played a gig, you're like, I don't want to listen to any music. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I feel like that. I mean. <laughs> You know, I'm teaching people to play music like for many hours a day, several days a week. So there are certain songs that I'm like, <laughs> I, I really don't need to hear that song ever again. I know every instrument's part. <laughs> like, I can I can play it in my head. I can solo any part of it in my head. <laughs> I never need to hear it again like that movie that you've seen over and over and over again it's like i don't need to see that movie anymore um i saw um, i don't have that uh the closest thing to that for me is national lampoon's vacation wow that's probably the only movie that i can recite most of the dialogue along with the movie much to the chagrin of anyone watching the movie with me (laughs) but uh (laughs) but i can still that's one of my movies that i can watch Anytime. If that movie is on, I will watch it. If I feel like watching a movie and I have no idea what I want to watch, I can watch that movie. And now, Michelle, you're better about listening to music at home, more music at home than I am. I think you've got the headphones on quite a bit mm-hmm. doing stuff. So so she listens to a lot more music um, at home. Uh, I don't really do that. Mike, do you listen to a lot of music at home? Or oh, yeah. is it mostly on the road? No, at home also because we have just do uh, like Pandora and stuff, and you know I have a radio station set up for there. And same thing, I don't, I never know what song's coming next on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's just like you know. So I just you know we do it through Alexa, and you know, just hey Alexa, play Calico Radio, which is the radio station I have, and we just you know listen to it during the day while we're doing chores or for hanging out, you know, reading or on working on the computer, you know, it's just, it's brainless and it's great to be able to do. It's yeah. a little tough for me because when I hear music, I'm, I'm more aware of what's going on a lot of the time. Like I, I have to listen to the bass line and figure that part yeah. out and listen to the guitar part and what are the drums doing here? And um, it's, I can't just have music play in the background all the time because so often it, it becomes so much of a focus that if, if I'm listening to music in the car and somebody starts talking to me, sometimes I'll turn the music off because I can't do both. Mm. There are instances like that for me too. Like being at a restaurant, you're sitting there eating with your friends and you just can't stop hearing what they're playing in the background oh and the worst is when you can hear the radio back in the kitchen and also the radio that they're playing up front and it's like come on pick one (laughs) (laughs) i uh i i think that with um i lost my train of thought now as far as um playing music in the car uh that's yeah, that's where I and, and mostly it's a battle. Like nine times out of ten, that's where I want to listen to podcasts if I'm by myself. 
but every once in a while I do get the urge to to uh play music as well so um but I used to feel like you do about music I used to I remember when I was really heavy in making videos uh working on industrials and stuff like that and when I would come home and watch tv I couldn't just watch tv in fact I it almost seemed like the picture was expanding and I could see the guy with the boom mic, the people with lights, the cameraman. Like I could see all of that while I was watching something. It was really distracting. So uh, sometimes I guess if you're in the weeds, it's a, it's a little too much. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's actually a pretty good way of describing it. Mm-hmm. Totally different, but, yeah. but a similar type of feel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, um, I think we've given people some ideas. Have we missed anything as far as albums or artists or anything, genre of, the, of music to play at road trips? Anything like that for people to check out? I take that as a no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you listeners tell us if there's somebody that we missed or some kind of music or something that you like to hear uh, when you're taking a road trip or driving, uh, please let us know and uh, we will revisit this topic uh, and, and, and hear your thoughts. And uh, in the meantime, I think uh, it's ready to close the show. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about The Batman. The Batman is finally on HBO Max, and that means I got to sit down and finally watch it. Now, they were not kidding when people said that this was a dark vision of the Batman story. However, dark really worked for this character. The acting was fantastic by pretty much everyone involved. And while I felt the movie could have been a little shorter... It had that dark, atmospheric look and feel that you would expect Gotham to have. The only thing that I had a complaint over was Bruce and Alfred's relationship. Bruce seemed to be played way younger than we're used to seeing him in the movies, and his dynamic with Alfred felt way more juvenile to me. I know that is probably what they were going for, but that aspect is one of the things that I liked the least in the film. But it didn't ruin the movie for me, because that reckless, younger Batman feel was felt throughout the entire film. I loved the Penguin, and think Colin Farrell did a flippin' fantastic job with this character. Like, just amazing. The car chase scene, too, was just so spectacular. I loved Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. His acting is fantastic already, and I love him in Westworld, and his approach to Gordon was spot on. 100% want to see him play the character again, and I really hope he gets the chance to. If a super dark retelling of comic stories isn't your thing, and I would really compare this version of the Batman to Frank Miller's Batman with how the whole entire movie felt, then maybe pass on this one. But if you just enjoy comic films and want to watch a film with lots of action, crazy car chase scenes, and masked heroes in action, then yes, watch this movie. But do realize it's like two and a half hours long. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. In the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, your pizza delivery guys, Dan, Sean, and Paul, serve you a slice of life. 
We talk to women in comedy, voice actors, film directors and producers, authors. We also talk about conspiracy theories, the Muppets, our top three films of the decades, famous people we confuse with each other, and our favourite stand-up comedians. We have recast Star Trek the Original Series and Babylon 5, and created our alternative superheroes. But most of all, we have had so much fun doing it every two weeks. Two weeks! Cosmic Pizza Podcast is not about the cosmos or about pizza. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Let's thank our guests for being here tonight. Michelle, thank you. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. So we'll probably have you back in a couple of weeks when we hear about the Rock Hall of Fame and what's going on there. Yep. We should know a little over a week from now. Uh-huh. Get, you, get your votes in. It closes on Friday. Exactly. And it shouldn't take long after that. To see what our votes don't count for, so it's perfect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you, else you want to shout out about? Mm, no. Okay. Nice to have you. As always, thank you, thank you. Thank and you. of course, Ricky and Bambi, thank you guys. Thank, thank you for, you having, for us. having us. Yeah. So what kind of shows do you guys got coming up? We actually have one coming up uh, May 13th, 14th, and 15th. We're playing a convention called Matrothamcon in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Figured that would be, there's a road trip for us. I mean, it's not far, not far from us, but no. most of the part, most of our shows are little, you know, one-offs like LaGrange, Georgia, or Columbia, South Carolina, you know, things like that. But for a full weekend, 13th, 14th, and 15th, we'll be at Matrothamcon. Exactly. And I believe our performance date is the Saturday. Yeah, the so the fourteenth. Okay. We'll I, be there all weekend. I was going to say, are you guys going to play all weekend? That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I don't. I believe we are playing only on the fourteenth. Oh, okay. I wasn't one hundred percent sure because there was talk about us possibly doing acoustic shows and stuff like that while we were there as well. But the full the the main show is scheduled for the fourteenth. Is that in downtown Chattanooga now? It's yeah. at the convention center. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when the we beautiful went, convention when center. There, when I went, it was just outside of Chattanooga, but I, think, I guess they've changed that now. You can literally walk to the choo-choo from there if you mm. wanted to, because we have. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a little bit of a hike, though. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, understandable. A mile and a half, maybe? Two at miles? the most. At the most. Yeah. So it's, it's a nice rock. It's a nice walk, but it's Chattanooga is such a great downtown anyway, So and there's yeah. tons of fun yeah. stuff to do. That's a good town. I haven't been there in a while. Yep. Very much so. And Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about? Yeah, I do want to give a shout out. I'm going to do a shout out and a little bit of a creative outlet here. Uh, Our good friend, uh, Rob Jones, uh, who has done some work for New Legend uh, before. He's got his own book that he does called High Spot. Um, It is ending... His Kickstarter is ending in about a week. From when we're recording this, there's about a week to go. It ends on May 3rd. So if you're listening to this before then, uh, please uh, check it out on Kickstarter. There'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, I think he's still looking to uh, get funded. He's not quite reached his goal yet. Uh, But Rob does incredible work. High Spot is a fun book. And I strongly encourage everybody to check it out and, and help him out. Most excellent. Most, most excellent. And it's always good to support, you know, folks we know, folks, you know, 
who are friends of the show and everything. And speaking of that, I'll do my shout out now. I uh, want to give a shout out to Julian David Stone, who was on Earth Station One a few weeks back talking about It's Alive, which is the story of the making of Frankenstein. Uh, he actually sent me a copy of his first book, which is called No Cameras Allowed. It's his career as an outlaw rock and roll photographer in the 80s. Oh, wow. Uh, that sounds cool. And he sent me a copy of it, and it is an amazing coffee table book, folks. It is the who's who of the Los Angeles rock scene of the 80s and some really big names including Prince, U2 and many many more and I just picked it up the other day he had sent it to me to our PO box and it was gorgeous. I, Judy and I were like drooling over almost every page the pictures were that good. And just a big thank you and you could find it up on Amazon and check it out. It's a great great book. Um, it has 82 reviews and four and a half stars, so I'm shocked it doesn't have five. But, you know, it's definitely worth checking out. And, folks, if you do, you know, he's a great guy. He's a really nice person. And, you know, definitely check it out. Speaking of checking it out, folks, it's that time of the year again. And we are going back to the movies again next week. And but not to go watch a movie. We are going to be talking all about the summer movies of 2022. That's right, folks. We're doing our summer movie preview. And this is when we find out, you know, where we try to predict what are movies that, you know, are going to be the hit, what's going to be a flop, and what's, you know, are could be our big surprises. And we always end up with egg on our face most of the time. So somewhere down the line. So it should be a lot of fun to do. So Especially please. Since the last one we did was in 2019. Has it been that long? <laughs> we didn't do one for 2020 or 2021. Wow. <laughs> There's finally a box office, summer box office movie to talk about, season to talk about. Wow, I know. The week after that, we got Doctor Strange already coming up. And so it should be a ton of fun. So, yeah, we've got a ton of movies coming up our way, and we're going to have our movie crew here to talk about what we're going to watch and what we're not and what we're going to stick our noses up to. So should be a ton of fun to do, and we definitely would love to hear from you guys when we talk about it. Please write us feedback at earthstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. And of course, as always, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We are powered by NSC. You can find them at nsclivetv.com. Remember, you can also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now TuneIn and Blueberry. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, and of course, Mr. Mike Gordon, and Michelle Borg, and Ricky Zero, and Bambi Lynn, thanks for listening. We will see you here next time on the Air Station One podcast. Stay safe, hug your loved ones, and hey, let's listen to some music and have a great road trip. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. And we are done. Boom. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. 
Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.